people, welcome back. We are here at Megasheen and we got some stuff for you. How are you, Nick? still got some good weather here but you know i i've been you know teased because i actually was in the fall area i was i'm back in los angeles now but i was i had a little bit of fall and i was in portland seattle and i kind of miss it so um it was pretty cool it was pretty cool so i am looking forward to um just you know for us to kind of change a little bit with weather just a little bit not too big but just a little bit Yeah, we well, the 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 time change. It gets darker. I mean, but we we get cold. We get cold. We get cold. You know, y'all y'all on that other stuff over there, and I, I can't keep up with grown folks. Yeah, that's true. Well, we we, we trying though. We trying, but you about to feel it when you go to Vegas. So get ready. So, um, well, let's see what's going on this week. So let's see what is on the kettle. What is what's in the kettle? Uh, a whole lot of foolishness. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, let's go ahead and get into this tea, so we can see okay. what we're doing with. So, first topic. Um, if you didn't uh, hear, there was a school in Chicago uh, by the name of Fern- Fernwood Elementary that housed what is called a Christian theme, or a Christian haunted house. So Christian haunted houses, they're really big in Texas, especially because, you know, obviously. Uh, They depict different types of quote-unquote suffering uh, if you don't lead a life through God and whatnot. So this school depicted this kind of, this Christian haunted house. They depicted a, like, botched abortions um they also depicted the charleston church shooting but what really ticked people off was they depicted the orlando the post nightclub what 49 people well 40 yeah 49 people lost their lives oh okay yes all types of foolishness so as of friday October the 28th, it was canceled. However, the event sign-up on the Eventbrite website was still up. And the school system was like, oh, we didn't know that it was supposed to be this way, this, that, and the third, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, y'all didn't do y'all's due diligence as far as looking up this kind of foolishness for once in Chicago of all places. I can understand this shit going on in Texas and the real, like, Alabama or Mississippi. But Chicago? Come on, y'all. Uh, I, uh, you know, I get tired of, you know, Christians thinking... I feel like they do more harm than good, and I I'll, and I feel like that 
if they're the good Christians out there, I always think they're outnumbered by these types. So I, I really need them to get this together because that is horrible. I mean, if they were trying to scare people, then they need to talk about you know what it is to live in the South, you know, or what it is to be, you know, poor and a person of color or in a war. But really, they're gonna use the pulse shooting. Yeah. It was just tacky, and this is what the problem. What I have with a lot of so-called Christians that do that pull stunts and shows like this that they already seem like they already have their ticket punched to get in the pearly gates. And, like, this is why I haven't even been to a church in, let's say, at least 10 years. It's because of shit like this. Yeah. That, mm, well, I'm glad that it was kind of shut down because that, that is ridiculous. It really is. But, you know, it just, it fuels this environment that we live in right now ever since Trump basically his rise to power yeah. and this kind of it's okay to be a bigot yeah. type of bullshit and it's okay to let your hatred flag fly high so to speak yeah and, and, I'm, just, I'm just over yeah. dumbasses I am too it's really ridiculous really ridiculous but you know what again they, it stopped but the sad thing is, it will probably happen again. Mm-hmm. It will. It really will. Mm. So what else is going on in the the news? Well, and somewhat good news. Um, so, so fans of um, this summer's hit um, Stranger Things, um, we saw a very interesting ending. Um, where I'm going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. That Le- Eleven and a Demigorgon or wherever that demon was, they disappeared in a big cloud of smoke. So we don't know what happened to them, where they went, whatever. Well, we just learned today by the producers and everybody working with the show that she will be back. So Eleven will be back, um, or L. She will be back, and we are excited for that. They have new characters coming. Um, and, and, and as a teaser, they're telling us there'll be a lot more of Eleven, but also a lot more of kind of this world that we were introduced to the Upside Down. So I am, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. I'm very happy that she's coming. So, you know, if y'all haven't seen this yet, y'all need to get on it because Stranger Things was a cute show to watch. Yeah, I'm one of those people that did not Ooh. see it. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be coming back rather early, mm-hmm. like the first quarter, something like that, yeah. in 2017. Yep. Yeah, I need to definitely get on that. Get on it, because it's, it's really good. It's it's a nice-paced show. It doesn't take very long to get into. It's a nice, you know, it's a nice story, and you don't get lost. And so it's it's really good. So I'm glad that they, you know, it's coming back very soon. They want to stay on this, you know, they want to stay lit, you know, keep it burning. But they're also going to bring back one of our favorite characters, which a lot of people were dressing up as in Halloween. I saw a lot of boys and girls dressed up as Eleven, and that's pretty cool. You know, when you got a character that people are really into, they are dressing up as her everywhere. So that's that's pretty cool. I kind of, you know, I'm looking forward to it. That's cool. Isn't it only like, what, eight episodes? Yeah, like it's really short. And it's, and you know, that's sometimes all you need. You don't need to have the whole, sometimes you don't need to have the 13. You can just do it all in eight. 
Um, and they're and it's interesting because now these shows are changing the face of things because you know the average regular TV show is twenty two episodes and to think right. about that sometimes it's like that's too long because we know we're now used to you know how Netflix can tell a story in thirteen ten eight episodes now so you know that's I feel like that's a great way to go you keep our attention but you keep us wanting more mm-hmm. yeah I, I do see a lot of shows that are not going with the same four leg. We do so many episodes, uh, a season break, and then we pick it back up. So, yeah, uh, Netflix is changing it. So, in addition to Halloween costumes and whatnot, there was, we do this every year with folks, there was a multitude of inappropriate Halloween costumes that I know you've seen and everybody else. Um, So, just a few that I saw, there was a, a little girl, she was dressed up as a cute dog, and I'm like, okay, so, who, why did you even go there, number one, uh, number two, uh, Hillary Duff and her boyfriend, Jason Walsh, they dressed up as a pilgrim in a Native American, yeah, I saw, I saw that mask, I'm like, okay, we do this every damn year, yes, and there were so many people dressed up as Basically, they were mocking the natives uh, up in that are demonstrating and protesting against the pipeline uh, construction. Mm-hmm. Well, there were, of course, there were a lot of black faces and white folks. We do this every year, and I don't understand why you don't get the message. At this point, you just don't give it a shit. That's what it comes down to. And not only that, there was an article in Time where I think it was a comedian, and I, his name slipped my mind because it's not really important. But the point is, uh, he talked about how we are too sensitive. And I'm like, well, of course you're going to say that, white man. You're, of course you're going to tell us that that's, we're being too sensitive. And I think what you don't get is I didn't know that it was just so great to dress up as a, another race, but an oppressive race, like a, a race that is oppressive and as depressed ah. and so to do that and think that it's fun um, yeah to dress up as a Native American in the midst of what's happening right now with that pipeline and, and you think that that's just okay to do it's ridiculous you know shout out to um, Chris Hellsworth for recognizing the fact that when he did do that it was wrong and he's standing with the people at the pipeline right now and so it was nice to see Thor, you know, say that, hey, I was wrong. I was an asshole about this. But now I realize what it is and I won't do this again. And I'm sorry. Like he did that. And I felt like, well, that's, you know, that's Chris Helmsworth. And that's like white, blonde, blue eye right there. I'm like, well, right there. You were seeing someone stand up against that foolishness. So I feel like at this point, y'all all know it's foolishness. There's no more excuses about it. I don't know why you think you needed to do that. Out of all the things you can dress up, you can dress up as a damn dog. You could dress up as, you know, the penguin. You can dress up as, I don't know, a police person. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do someone else's, somebody else's race. You don't have to do something that you know is going to cause controversy. If you're still doing blackface, you deserve to be smacked in the mouth. Because I feel like there's no more excuses with that. And so if you're doing that, if I see you and if I have a carton of eggs... Then I'm gonna have to go back and get another carton of eggs because all the all twelve of those will be pelted at you. And there's a there's a way to do if you want to do like say for instance 
because Jimmy Fallon, I think it was last year, he did Lucia's Lion from Empire, mm-hmm. and he did it good. And there's a way to do a character, fictional or not, of a different race or ethnicity, and not have it come off as offensive. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people pull that off. Um, you could just you could do it. There's a way, and like you said, this these people they just don't give a damn anymore. And to that writer of that time article saying that we're too sensitive you have to understand where blackface came from and how it was used to demean black people and what he wrote was just i didn't even read it because i I don't have the time and i'm not gonna give him the clicks yeah it just understand all of that history that comes with it and the pain yeah you're right and i don't i don't know why Sometimes some white people find amusement in that. That that speaks a lot about their character to me um, when they are going all the way out to do that. And as you said, there's ways to do it. There were, you know, white women who dressed up as Beyonce. They don't have to put on blackface. They just put on a wig <laughs> or or, the, or the, the, the notable outfit. There were white women who dressed up like Jennifer Lopez or Selena or, you know, I've seen, you know, people, white women do storm. Well... I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Chloe. I've seen better white women do Storm than what Chloe did because Chloe did, for you know, okay, yeah. For those who don't know, Chloe Kardashian had the audacity to dress up like our favorite goddess Storm, and she looked like sleet. That's what I call her. She was sleet. She was just a mess, and it's like the the filter was wrong. The- <laughs> She looked like a white walker from Game of Thrones. That's what she looked like, a white walker. Ugh. She looked like Swamp Thing's wife. She, uh, you know, <laughs> why you bring her up? Because she did look like her. She thought she was being slick. I was like, if I would have saw Chloe, I would have just looked and just kept walking on and just said, I would have said, somebody pray for that. Yeah, you know, Beyonce did it first last year, and then she was trying to up her. I'm like, we we see right through that. I know we they see. they stay trying to they stay trying to be like her, try to be her friend. Look, Kardashian, she don't want to know you. She don't want to know you. We don't want to know y'all. You and the exactly. Jenners, all y'all can go into the Phantom Zone. All y'all can go over there and stay. We don't. We didn't ask for you. But anyway. Yeah, that was cute. So I'm saying, be creative. Y'all could have done that. I saw another group do that where it was um, a a man who was, I think he was Peppa, but he, (laughs) but he he kept it real. This white guy kept it real. You know, again, didn't have to do blackface. He just put on a wig and the outfit, and that was it. That's what I'm saying, y'all. You don't have to go that out. You can just. If you want to look like Storm, but you are a white man, just put on a wig and outfit. If you are a white woman who wants to be, you know, Misty Knight, just put on a wig, a bionic arm, and that outfit. You ain't got to put anything on your skin. Just, I mean, no paint. Just, you don't have to do it. (laughs) People are just silly. It's just to the point where it's just tiring. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to give it any mind because it's, it's just that's what it is it's just tiring it is but they will always continue being a mess but we'll have to always call it out so 
mean, you look, you saw what happened when all those kids started to do uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and had all that ugly ass tar on them, and they yeah. uh, people dragged them and got them expelled from school. They sure did. And that stuff will keep happening. But on the cute note with some of the Halloween stuff, there was this um, couple of young little boys who, you know, took some risk. There was one who dressed up like Hillary Clinton and all the Trump supporters got all upset. But, you know, the little kid kept, kept you know, kept his costume and did what he had to do. And then there was a cute one. I don't know if you heard about it. Um, there was this young boy who is, well, he doesn't really identify as, as a young boy. I think he's kind of, you know, he's kind of gender free. Um... He was nine years old, and his favorite drag queen is Bob the Drag Queen. And so he dressed up as Bob the Drag Queen <laughs> for Halloween, this little white boy. And then Bob the Drag Queen found out and showed up at his house. It is so cute. The video is online, so if y'all get a chance, you know, just Google Bob Drag Queen Halloween. And you can see um, Bob the Drag Queen and the young little boy. They went trick-or-treating together, and it was cute because he had his purse first, and he got a purse first t-shirt and um i just heard the song today because i'm late and that was cute the song's kind of cute purse first did you see uh danielle brooks dress up uh her and her friend dressed up as a uh, hallie oh yeah fun, yeah, fun. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was they cute too i loved it i was like y'all are really doing it that's what i'm saying be creative with y'all stuff don't be a mess just be creative try something different Exactly. I know I didn't do anything for Halloween. Did you? No. I just watched horror movies, you know, that come on TV. And I was watching, you know, because, you know, um, Fear Fest, they always do, like, just a marathon of scary movies. And last night was all Halloween. And I had to let everybody know that I am not a fan of Halloween 5. Because I think Halloween 5 is just broke. But, you know, anyway, that's another story for another time. But that's all I did. Um, and here in Los Angeles, everybody goes up to West Hollywood, which has about almost half a million people. Ugh. And I was like, no, ma'am. Because first you got, that's parking. <laughs> then that's driving to it. And you can Uber to it. And I could have Ubered there. But I was like, I don't want to see that. I can see these same queens every weekend. <laughs> every weekend <laughs> in West Hollywood. And sometimes in costumes. So I was like, I'm good. Y'all just send me the pictures on Facebook. Right. Oh, yeah, that seems like... That doesn't seem like it would be fun. <laughs> well, I mean, people have fun. My my friends have been... I've been here for almost 10 years, and I'm, I still haven't went. Like, I have no desire to be in the midst of all that. So I'm like, that's just a lot of people. It's a weeknight. It's 9 o'clock. I got to go to bed. I got to get up for CrossFit. And shout out to my CrossFit. They missed me. I was very excited about that because I've been gone for CrossFit for two weeks. And they missed me, and I missed them, too. And I was feeling it Monday. Um, I didn't go today. But I'm going tomorrow, though. <laughs> 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 I, I was tired. I was like, oh, they kind of kicked. I was, too, I was trying to show out. I felt it this morning. But we'll be back tomorrow. I hear that. <laughs> All right. So, oh, Lord. And then um, for you Penny Dreadful fans... It's coming back, but as a comic book. So don't feel bad about that because Buffy did the same thing. Buffy was gone, came back as comic books, been going really well. But for those of you who are Penny Dreadful fans, it is coming back as a comic book, um, which is going to be neat, um, hopefully. 
um, the co-producer, executive producer of the show will be working on the comic book and Titan Comics will be carrying the story forward. So we will see more. I think it's going to focus on um, the werewolf, um, which I forgot his name, but he um, is, is, is right after Vanessa's death. Um, and so it's going to be about how he handles that and what goes on after that storyline. Okay, that's cool. I know I didn't watch the, the TV show, um, but I was always, everybody kept raving, especially about the, how it looked, uh, the cinematography and the actual visuals that they were giving out. Um, that always stood out to a lot of people. But I know it abruptly in like on a random day that the producers kind of tweeted, "Oh, well, we're done. Bye." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's kind of weird." Um, but that's good that it's coming back. But it's kind of if you don't read comics, then you're like, "Oh, well, I don't want to get into that kind of medium." But at least it's coming back. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm I'm curious to see where the stories go from here because you know in comics they're able to go anywhere so it'll be interesting to see how they take this you know the, the series into a different level and hopefully maybe Vanessa will return but um, I'm gonna I'll peep a couple of you know uh, um, issues to see how it's going to see if I want to collect it and continue on with the story exactly all right well yeah, this was a short tea this week we really didn't have a lot yeah, it, was, it was light tea today Yes, it was, but you know what? I think it's it's gonna be probably something else next week um, because I think um, it's election day um, yeah. when we normally do this. So it's gonna be interesting to be in the mix of that. Um, you know what? I feel like I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling good because I feel like we are right where we were. And see, here's the thing, and I noticed this. So today, you know. Um, ABC News dropped um, that they had a poll that showed Trump was ahead by one point. And, you know, they ran with that. And, you know, his little, his drunk, his fools were like, look at this. I'm like, girl, that's one poll out of 25. That's it. <laughs> that's it. He was a point ahead. That's one poll. Now, right now, she's still beating him. He has maybe, I think, a 25, 26% chance of winning, which is still low. Um, um, and it's and it's far out. But I wanted to point out because I I was I saw that and I was like, this is interesting because I said I feel like this happened four years ago, and four years ago today. They sent out an article saying that Romney was a point ahead of Obama, four years ago today. So if y'all need to pay attention to how media does this, this is how media works. To get those clicks, they just like some of these thirsty ass Instagram models. They will sit up here and do something like this, and you'd be like, "What? What's really happening?" And then when you look at it, it's like, "Girl, they talking about something that don't even make any sense." They're doing this for your clicks, but they're also doing this to stir up the drama. Because I, as we we saw four years ago, here it was. They were saying, "Oh, he's one point ahead of Obama," and then Obama almost blew him out six million votes. So I'm just sitting here going. Okay, so it you know it looks like everything is her favor, but I I kind of want to watch how it all plays out, because I feel like when he loses, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like, like loss. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only polls that I pay attention to as far, I 
uh, follow Nate Silver mm-hmm. on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he's a contributor to the 538 mm-hmm. uh, website, and those are the only the only information I mm-hmm. rely. That's why I pay attention to too, and yeah. and as long as Nate. And Nate was the one who's saying, you know, he has like a 25, 26% chance. So I'm like, well, that's who I'm going with because he's been right already and he's telling you where this is happening at. And um, we have to remember that they're also talking about early voting. And people already early voted. We haven't even got into here about who's about to, you know, go in on the day of, which is like a majority of the people. So we will see more as we, you know, we'll see what happens. That's why I'm like, we'll just see what happens because um, I'm not. I'm, I'm like I said. I'm I'm feeling good about it. I got nervous before. I will get nervous the day of just because I always do. It never fails. But I really think that you know she's going to win, and that's just I can't wait till she's going to win because I'm going to clown on Twitter. So I'm warning everybody right now. I'm going to be evil, and I'm going to go out. I'm going to probably troll the trolls. So just to be like you know, just to be ugly. I might even make a video and talk about. It. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna be really trifling. I'm gonna be nervous up until they have a projected winner. Mm-hmm. That's just I don't like elections at all. I don't care who's running. I don't. It just makes me nervous. And I will probably have to after we record, like probably just go straight to bed yeah. because it's just that the fear of the unknown is killing me. Because yeah. there's a chance that. There's always a chance that he could win, and if it's not a hundred percent certain that he won't, then I'm still gonna be nervous about it. Well, he has a long hill to climb. Like they were, they were talking about it the day, and it was like it's regardless if he gains, you know, point here, point there. It's just too, it's just not in his favor. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with that. But was, going along those lines, yes. what we got. Uh, for our king size issue today. Well, we're gonna get into some. We're gonna actually talk about comics, and we're gonna talk about comics having, you know, their role in social and political issues. Because you know, a couple of weeks ago, we we saw how some of these, you know, just these the worst of us, the worst of the geeks, are talking about how comics have never talked about social and political issues and they should never talk about them and keep those agendas out of comics. But I feel like that we need to address the fact that comics have always talked about these issues in so many different ways and one. So, you know, to hear people say something like that means they have no idea about where comics are. And so sometimes I, I, I it's not sometimes, I, I question any comic fan that will say something like that. But we're going to talk about a few comics um, that have always touched on these issues and pinpoint some um, some comics, you know, directly. So, you know, if you are new to comics or you just never thought about it, there are some you can, you can actually pull out and read for yourself. Um, but, you know, what we'll get into is the fact that the comics have always been political and social. They've always touched on those issues. Um, hell, even back from the beginning of the days, Captain America was all about politics. He was created during the war. He was fighting in the war. He There's pictures of him punching Hitler. So I'm like, you know, that's been political. That's always been social. Wonder Woman as well. Wonder Woman was created around 1941. She was a part of World War II. She was fighting the Nazis. I mean, that was a very political statement, but also the fact that it was a woman. 
doing that um, was a political and social statement as well because back then um, women were really, really reduced to certain roles. I mean, you think it's bad now. I mean, back then, it was really bad. And so to have Wonder Woman um, representing women and strong women was it was revolutionary in so many different ways. And so, I mean, she's been around for 75 years. So her she was around when all of that was going on. And, you know, so I feel that, that those two particular characters have always been in the midst of social and political issues in their stories and in the comics. Um, what they stand for is political. I mean, again, Captain America, <laughs> come on. And then Wonder Woman. So, yeah, they've always been in that type of world. Um, it's always been political. Um, but it, as we go into comics, um, the X-Men, the X-Men are very political and social uh, they, they, they touch on those issues mostly because you know they were they are a race of mutants and mutants is considered you know the outcasts and the metaphors behind being a mutant can be being a person of color being gay being queer um you know being outsider being different they have always had that metaphor that's always been kind of the crux of who the X-Men were. And there's been so many stories that they have told over the years that have um, touched on so many social issues. Um, and so um, it, it's, it's fascinating. I don't know, what do you think? Um, what do you think about this whole situation? Well, like you said, it doesn't even make sense. If you're claiming that politics and comics don't go hand in hand that you have not read a comic book going back to the x-men the x-men were the foundation of highlighting racism highlighting what it is to be not the norm in a society uh, you had professor x who metaphorically speaking was the martin luther king jr of the comics you had magneto that was the malcolm x and the different top, uh, the different storylines, like the legacy virus, was supposed to be a metaphor for uh, the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. uh, you had um, all these different storylines that mimic what was going on in today's world. So I don't understand where they're getting like their reasoning. It's like two plus two equals purple for these these guys. Yeah. Um. What other like the other comics that have come out um like going back to even superman superman was highly political superman was like even what he stood for was a political statement what captain america stood for was a political statement what wonder woman stands for is a political statement especially for women mm -hmm. to be to have a superhero a top superhero that's been in the game for 75 years that is still relevant is political. Yeah, and you mentioned Superman, and there was there's this ad, if y'all can Google it, ad where he talks about what it is to be an American, and and it was about you know accepting all people, accepting all races, like it was the and it's it's interesting that even back then, that's what Superman was talking about that we need to be accepting, we need to be encouraging, um, to all people, and so you know to see that was a big political statement because that was coming from comics. 
that was coming from a character who supposed to be the embodiment of being good and being American. Because again, his you know his whole mantra was truth, justice, and the American way. So in a lot of ways, it was supposed to be political. It was supposed to be something that that you looked at to be like that's what he represents the best in us, the gooding up, the good of us. So that's why you know it's interesting. Again, it's always interesting to hear people say those things and not realize kind of the history of how some of these comics were um, pushing those images and pushing that message out there is to be someone who fights for your country to believe in others to fight for others who can't um, and you know to have the purest of heart you know even when you think about you know Green Lantern Green Lantern that saying was about you know you know for, you know being the purest of heart and you know fighting for crime and doing for the best and 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 you know and they were fighting crime that was realistic for some people because they were all about you know people living in you know the slums or living you know in poverty they had to turn to crime i mean daredevil daredevil the stories were about people living in hell's kitchen who were you know you know pushed into places where they had no choice and they had to work people like you know kingpin or you know do things so they could survive and that was kind of hitting on a lot of social issues in those comics um and then you had you know batman batman kind of touched on some of those issues too as he was fighting crime in gotham you know some of the issues that he would run into um but i wanted to kind of pinpoint some comics that um if people are still confused about comics talking about these issues. Here are some that I think you can look at and they go from way back to up to now. Um, I'm gonna point out Wonder Woman um, from the first volume Wonder Woman and before they before the crisis um, because the crisis changed everything so therefore before crisis um, was Wonder Woman um, 203 where she actually she gave up her powers and she was a store owner <laughs> um, and she was fighting Kung Fu, too, so it was interesting at that time. Um, it was um, where she found out about um, fighting for women's rights. And that, and that particular episode, it wasn't done really well, but it was her fighting for the rights of women to get equal pay um, and talking about that. However, it kind of backfired because they fought for it, but the women got fired and they got mad at Diana for doing that. But it was supposed to be, you know, pinpointing the fact that women deserve equal pay and women are not getting their equal, you know, when it comes to running a business or having a business. And Diana was, oh, was a business owner because I think she owned a boutique. <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting, y'all. So, um... Those kind of, that particular, particular storyline play out in society over and over yeah. and over again. I mean, you saw it, let's go back to, uh, like, the during the factory days when women were uh, working in the factories making, you know, all types of stuff. I go back to uh, the shirtwaist fire, the triangle shirtwaist fire, mm-hmm. how uh, all the women were making basically pennies, and then mm-hmm. a fire broke out and killed, like, over 100 of them. Yeah. And you go back to in the 40s where the men were fighting and the women were left to basically take care of the household, run the family, uh, basically take care of the family, and hold down a job. Yeah. Then you had it again in the 70s and 80s. Then you still have it again here. Uh, so it's just history is keep on repeating itself, and the comic books is only highlighting what is going on in history. Yeah. Um, another comic I want to point out is Green Lantern um, Volume 1. 
um, number 76. And this one was very interesting. Um, it has a lot of good um, panels in this one, but this one was done, this story was, the, the art was done by Neil Adams, one of the greatest comic book artists ever. And um, he, um, it came down to, you know, Green Lantern was thinking he was doing something by stopping this teenager from harassing this businessman. Um, but come to find out by Green Arrow that this business this businessman was, you know, shady and was, you know, really taking advantage of the people in this neighborhood. And um, Green Lantern got in trouble for interfering in human lives. But um, by the, the, not the core, but those guardians that he was just, that he had to do stuff for. But Green Arrow said, no, we need to be out here in the public. We need to see what's going on you know, in America and how we need to stop, you know, stop the stuff there. And so in the midst of all that, a black man stopped Green Lantern and said, you know, hey, you've done things for people of different colors and, and, and all that stuff from in different, you know, planets, but what have you done for black people here? And he was stopped. He couldn't say anything. He was, you know, just lost because that was a moment where he realized that I yeah I've been fighting stuff different planets but when it comes to people people that I'm living with people who are part of this world I have not done much and so that was kind of a nice wake-up call for Green Lantern to see that there was hurting and things happening in this country and that was during the civil rights situations um, that was happening in the in the 70s so this was very interesting to see this story happen in um green lantern but it was um something where you know and i posted a panel on our twitter and and the magazine twitter where it shows that moment where a black man actually called him out on that and it's a very interesting comic to read so if i get a chance try to find a comic read it um because it that's when it, it hit green lantern that he needed to understand what was going on what was the social issues happening in america that at that time yeah you didn't you don't didn't see that often uh when a a black man particularly a person that didn't, doesn't even have any power stood up to the main character especially mm-hmm. a white man mm-hmm. so that was good to see uh and i saw that panel it, it was it was powerful that's what it was mm-hmm. yeah and so that was good to see that back then and i also want to note that you know, DC back in the early '70s did their best to try to. Mm, you, you can kind of, you know, there's some good and bad with it, but they did their best to try to really, you know, get into the times um, back in the early '70s, and so they did introduce Black Black Lightning. Nubia was introduced in Wonder Woman. Um, they tried to, you know, the then we had. Um, the Black Green Lantern, um, his name is slipped me, but I can see his face, Jonathan Stewart. Um, so, you know, you had all that um, happening at that time, and that was their way of trying to be in, involved in the social issues by having these characters in there. So, you know, I, I give DC a shout-out because they did try to get in there and do that. And also, you know, Marvel did that too when they introduced um, Black Panther, Luke Cage, um, and then, you know... Misty Knight came before Storm, slightly came before Storm, um, and so um, they they always try to get into those those times um, in different forms where they try to you know bring in different characters or try to talk about the things that are happening in our country through the comics. Um, but one that really really hits me 
is the graphic novel um, X-Men God Love Man Kills. And this was an interesting one because this one jumped a different lane. Like this got into a different lane. Um, if you ever read this story, this is one of the most powerful X-Men stories ever written um, because it just really hit home to what's not only what's happening then, but what's happening now. And and it, and it starts off just, oh, I remember just like, I have it. And I remember like, oh my God. It started out with two black kids and they're running in the middle of the night. Their parents have been murdered. They're trying to find safety and they run into the purifiers and the purifiers like making all these nasty jokes and things to these kids and they kill them. And then not only do they kill them, but they, they hang their bodies in a school playground. For, so, you know, when, these, when, these, when the kids come out, they will see them hanging there with the word muty across their chest. Um, but Magneto sees it and he takes them off. And he is, he, he, you know how Magneto is, just as you said, he's the Malcolm X. So he's like, I'm going to get these, 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 you know, these bastards. I'm getting them. And um, we find out that these purifiers are connected to this. Um, spiritual leader or this kind of uh you know evangelical um type of person his name was william striker now we've seen william striker in the x-men movies they actually started bringing him up in x2 we saw him then you we saw his younger self in the other ones but william striker is this leader and it's called the world worldwide evangelical striker crusade and you know he's like big you think about you know jerry falwell and all those people who were in who were big back in the day when it comes to those evangelical, you know, Christian TV, raising money, telling you we're going to go to hell if you don't give them $1,000. That was who William Stryker was. But he was also, you know, he hated mutants and he was out to kill them. And he was trying to kill the X-Men. He shot, I think he shot Cyclops. Like they had, he sent his people out to really go after them. And there's a powerful moment where Kitty Pry, um is she's just had it with the fact that William Stryker is somebody that people are listening to, almost like how people listen to Donald Trump or listen to a lot of these political leaders who are kind of crooked or crazy or, or a lot of these evangelical people who have talked about, you know, having us killed or having, you know, whatever. She lashes out at one of the dancers at the school, at the, at the dance school that she goes, that she's going to, not like a dance school, but a dance studio that Stevie Hunter, who's a friend of X-Men, who's running, and, you know, CV gets on to Kitty for fighting this guy because she said, hey, with well, your training, you know, you're trained to fight people bigger than you. You could have hurt this kid for, you know, voicing this opinion. And, you know, Kitty is pissed. She's like, did you hear what he's saying? He's talking about this guy who hates us. And Stevie is like, that's just words. And she was like, oh, what if he, how would you feel if she called me, if he called me a nigga lover? And I was like, whoa, that's in the comics. <laughs> yeah, they they went there on those comics, and it does. I know uh, the X Men too. They took basically the majority of the storyline uh, in the God Loves Man Kills, and like you said, it it's basically what we're hearing from Trump. Mm-hmm. Those uh, people that have gotten emboldened to do all this crazy shit that they've been doing, and the uh, the hanging of the kids reminds me of uh, Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Mm. so it's just all these comics is just showing 
what is going on in society and it's just turning it slightly to the left that's all comics are doing and it's a pain in the ass to show to put yourself up to a mirror and see what you actually see and sometimes that's not pretty a lot of the times it's not pretty it's not and I have to say this story was so strong because there's a part where he points at Kirk or Nightcrawler and says that how dare you call this thing a human and you know it's it was just a compelling story it's just one of the best X-Men stories ever because it just really pinpoints why they are who they are and what they're fighting against um, and also there's been other times that the X-Men have really you know hit home with some of these issues like in X-Men 122 um, Storm visits the place that she was born in in New York and she sees a slum where people were like high and like you know strung out on drugs and she's with Misty Knight and um, Luke Cage and it was nice to see all them together but it was nice for Storm to kind of step out of her goddess mode to see what's happening in the world too and that was kind of a, a nice little touch to you know, the social issues are happening at the time um, in New York City. You know, that was like in the early, like the late 70s, early 80s when that happened. And so that was interesting for her to be a part of that, to see that yeah, it's not Clark as pretty. Was, uh, introduced into the neighborhood. Yeah. And that was an interesting story, too. That's one of my favorite ones. Also, I would say in the 80s was a very good time for X-Men because they really hit on all these issues when they were meeting with different um, villains or why they were fight what they fight and Kitty was kind of that voice about this is what we're up against then you know people how they feels about mutants and at the time they were dealing with the mutant registration act um and I think it was this is 1984 I can't remember what the there's an ad they had in the comics like do you know what your what your children are because back then you know during the time you know kids were being kidnapped and murdered and it used to be do you know where your children are then it became like do you know what your children are and so you know it was very interesting how the comics took a a role to discuss you know what it what it meant to be a mutant and how dangerous it was and how you could be killed um there's another comic um new mutants new mutants did a very interesting episode i think it was in um i think it was new mutants 45 issue number 45 where there was um a boy who was being teased and he could be a mutant um but they didn't know that he really was a mutant and it was he was teased so much that he committed suicide and um it was really disheartening because that character um represented how a lot of us felt you know being gay or being queer or you know being an outsider and he took his life and i think it's one of the best um one of the best um story parts or the best panel was Kitty um speaking about that. Kitty has some great lines in the 80s. I you know, I missed that about Kitty, but Kitty spoke about that and how, you know, how it was important for people to not be so hateful. And um I tell people like if y'all ever get a chance read that one. It's um New Mutants 45. It was a very good story that really talked about those issues. And I think the last one I will point out um, and this, and y'all, there's so many more, but I just want to point out these, the ones that kind of hit me when I was reading them. It was Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight did, um, it was Alpha Flight 106. And that's when um, North Star came out. And this has never been done before um, to where we had a major character come out. Now we've had, there was 
a character in DC who was out, but this was different because this is somebody that a lot of us knew and grew up with. And so Night, I mean, a North Star came out, um, but he came out um, trying to protect a baby that was born with HIV. And um, he was fighting um, this person named Major Maple Leaf, who was, you know, very bigoted and fighting against, I think his son died of AIDS. And so he was taking out everybody in the midst of the battle with Alpha Flight, um, North Star came out. And that was such a big thing. It came out, this issue came out when I was in college and it was such a big deal to get it. Um, and I think my comic book store didn't want it. I think they carried it, but not as many issues. And I remember it was a big deal to get this particular one, but it was nice to see them talk about, not only talk about HIV and AIDS, but to, you know, not to synonymously, synonymously put being gay and AIDS together, like, you know, how some things do, but it was nice that he came out and he was fighting for the rights of others, but fighting for this, this child. And, um, he had, he adopted a child, um, North Star adopted the child, you know, because the mother was dead and the child was found in a garbage can. So it was, it was just so much in that one particular issue that just spoke so much volume. And it was just, it was, it was awesome to see him come out and to say that there is a gay, there is a gay superhero. Um, and so that was, it was just really, really, it was really, really passionate. And, you know, I, I want people, if you get a chance, check out that particular comic too. I, I, they need to do some, something like that again, as far as being that powerful, as far as talking about AIDS and HIV and, the. Um, the stigma that goes with it and, you know, kids being born with it and all of that. Um, so I'll have to definitely look that up because uh, I'm not that much of a big comic reader. I- I'll graze over them sometimes, but uh, learning all of this information about these particular comic books is really is really good. And it's it, like we said over and over it just goes to show you that comic books and politics certainly do go hand in hand yeah it does and i you know i hope people before they start you know getting mad because we are discussing social issues and political issues in comics they need to go back and look at the history of comics because there's so much more again we just we didn't even we barely scratched we just rubbed the surface we we didn't even scratch it this is just a few that I pointed out, but there are so many more. There are so many more. Again, the X-Men always talked about these issues a lot um, when it, you know, being mutants, but also we saw some of, some of these issues play out in different comics. Batman, Superman, Justice League. Um, then we think about some of the ones that focus on black characters like Martha Washington Saves the World, um, or we, or the fact that we now have Michonne as one of the popular black characters that we see in comics right now. Um, you got Black Panther. You have all these characters that have hit on social and political issues. So for anyone to say that 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 they want to keep that out, that means they want to keep out what made comics, you know, lit for the past seventy something years. <laughs> exactly, and if you say that they don't have any business or they're separate from each other you're just you're just loud and wrong very and wrong point blank period very all right see also 
what happened with the, the reunion, right? There was a reunion for drag weddings. Uh, it's it's <laughs> worth mentioning, honestly. It's just, they came, they talked. Uh, Coco was actually, Coco Montrese was actually dealing with a, a lung complication. Oh. She was, uh, one of her lungs had went out on her or something of that nature, and she was almost to the point where she could have died. But mm-hmm. she went ahead and did the show anyway. Fifi was not there at the reunion, and RuPaul threw a lot of shade, almost to the point where it was just, okay, girl, like, we get your point. You don't have to keep going in on her. Uh, what else? That's about it, everybody. <laughs> actually, I take the back. Uh, Detox kind of gave it to Alyssa as far as her being taken, her getting away with her, quote-unquote, Alyssaism. Uh, throughout the the season as sort of a crutch mm-hmm. whereas anybody else uh, would do it they would get rid of filth um, Roxy was uh, you know as gorgeous as Roxy is she should have went home like the <laughs> second time that she was in the bottom two like it doesn't make sense she was in the bottom two about five of the five episodes of I think they had seven, seven or eight episodes Mm -hmm. so she was in the bottom the majority of the whole season and I was like did you really think you had a chance in hell and winning? Like come on now Uh, but everybody looked alright was Adore hinted at she might do uh, All Stars 3 and I'm like okay girl well whatever Let's not have an All-Stars anymore. <laughs> it seems like people were indifferent with the All-Stars this time. Yeah, you know, I would like to see them do a, like a, bring all of the winners back. Mm-hmm. And then let them do like an ultimate drag race. Hmm. So bring back Tyra, BB, uh, T- uh, Raja, Jinx, Violet, all of it, everybody. Bring everybody back. Hmm. But I think that they're kind of, it would make sense to go that route, but knowing the people at World of Wonder and RuPaul, I don't think they would go that route. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad the the reunion's over. (laughs) And it wasn't in front of a live audience, which Hmm. was weird. Mm, They might have spent too much of that money already, but... Well, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's it. That is our episode this week. Yeah, another episode down. So if you uh, like what you hear, uh, listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can follow the podcast at Megashink Pod or the website at Megashink. Uh, you can visit visit the website at themegashink.com. You can look us up on Twitter. I mean, look us up on Facebook. <laughs> No, just, you know, check us out. We are here. We're talking and saying all that good stuff. If y'all have any ideas or things we should cover, you know, let us know. You can email us and let us know. We will get on it and check it out. But, yeah, um, we're just keeping on, keeping on.
Oh yeah, go read my my graphic novel. Well, yeah, it is a graphic novel slash web comic. It's out there, and we are we're getting a lot of fanfare, and I'm really enjoying that. Um, so you know, my I'm just I'm just happy that people are liking it. So go out there and read it. All right. We'll see y'all next week. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody.